good morning everybody above here and also on my on live stream uh, welcome and trust everyone is doing well um, let me just make a couple of announcements as we get started here as we might have everything going on and whatnot we've actually been live streaming for a while I don't know two or three years or whatnot and just so you know those who are following us on Facebook live which where we live stream directly to right now until we get the other equipment we are praying for um, Reason to, our, our website shows 10:30. I, mean, I meant to share this last week, but uh, the reason our website shows 10:30 is because that's when we start here. Uh, but uh, here live in our, our in our living room in our home. But it's, it usually starts around 11:15, anywhere anywhere between 11 and 11:15. Today we got started a little early because worship went over uh, finished early. The reason for that is because we don't have a live worship team, and because we have recorded music. Uh, which we love our, our worship, but it's still recorded music. Facebook, YouTube, all the social media will not, and because of copyright laws, will not allow us to live stream recorded music. So that's, a, that's illegal. Now, even though we can't live stream the music, we do have a playlist on our website uh, 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 every every week. If you go to the live stream page, I don't know we're not on our website, which on our website is lighthousediscipleship.org. If you go to our website, I'm on the live stream page, even though we're not live streaming directly to that page yet because we don't have the equipment, I have a playlist of every week's worship. So I, I update that every week. I tried to do it before Sunday morning service. Today I didn't do that. Uh, you'll see last week's worship playlist, but I will later this afternoon. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, we just can't. Uh, so whenever we start the teaching part, that part that's where we uh, show up live stream. And then we archive it into our archives and our messages. But well, that's just a little FYI informa information uh, whatnot as we go forward. Nothing that we do here is canceled. The main reason one real reason we don't have a gathering more than ten people here physically. We are live streaming worldwide, but uh, uh, we are actually on every continent. Uh, we have feedback every once in a while from every continent. But uh, at the same point in time, we uh, so we still have our Sunday morning service ten thirty here and about eleven of the fifteen on live stream. And then we have our Bible classes, which we have tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to be finishing up about a way to pray tonight. And we will start a new book next week, uh, next Sunday, <coughs> Don't Live in God, uh, by Andrew Woman. So Bible studies are still 6 o'clock. Uh, we have our Bible classes free online on our website. Uh, again, lighthousedescipleship.org. Those are free. The registration is free. The registration process is easier. And once we get on... Uh, you just uh, take it at your own pace, and, um, and uh, anyway, it, they're, they're there. So right now, a lot of people are uh, experiencing cabin fever, uh, being at home alone. So if you don't want something to do and you want some Bible classes to listen to, uh, check out our website. They're free. And so that's a good, now's a good opportunity to just get to the Word. So anyway, without further ado, let's go ahead and just get into the message this morning, and then uh, we'll go from here. All right? Let me just pray this morning. Lord, I just thank you this morning. <clears throat> I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your word. I thank you for every good, perfect gift that you've given us. And I, I speak peace over every family that's affected by not only this virus, but the panic and the, the events that have transpired in our, in our world today. I thank you for provision for those who need finances. I thank you for health for those who need healing. I thank you for wisdom, those who need wisdom. I thank you for peace of mind for those who just need peace. Lord, we just thank you that you are our peace. And we worship you, we magnify you. In your name we give you thanks. Amen. Amen. 
Well, I'm starting a new series today uh, titled uh, Establishing His Peace. I haven't taught on peace in this way before. Uh, back in 2009, 2013, that window of time, I actually started writing a book or two. And uh, in one of those chapters, I, I titled Establishing His Peace. And I wasn't even trying to write a book originally. I was just getting so caught up in the Word of God and just... Uh, uh, God was just revolutionizing my theology in a sense of understanding His grace, understanding righteousness, understanding the gospel. Um, and so I, I, I learned better by teaching. And so I began, I didn't have an audience, I didn't have a church, I wasn't pastoring at the time. So I just started writing my thoughts as if I was teaching somebody. Before long, I didn't realize I was writing a book. And uh, so I began to embellish it, and I still need to get that one uh, edited and published. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so I kind of, uh, uh, this last couple weeks I've been kind of studying my own book. So, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, revisiting that. Especially in light of everything that's going on in the world today. We need peace. And we need to be established in His peace. Amen? We need His peace. And uh, so, so I just felt uh, led that uh, now, I, I was, it was already on my agenda to teach this this year. I didn't know it would be this at uh, this hour, but it was just very timely that God began to put in my heart last year some of the messages I would like to preach this year. Uh, and so uh, I felt very strongly in light of everything going on. So first time I preached this in this manner, so bear with me and I pray for wisdom and direction as we go forward. Go ahead, if you will, and turn with me in your Bibles to Second uh, Peter chapter 1. And as you're turning... In your Bibles, I'm going to actually read something real quick from Philemon chapter 1, verse 3. And Paul, through Philemon, says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Now that, that's in Philemon. I know you're turning to Second Peter chapter 1, so I hope I'm not confusing you right now. But in, in, in Philemon uh, chapter 1, verse 3, Paul makes this statement. Grace or this greeting that he has. Sorry, my, uh, I thought my iPad would uh, connect to the Wi-Fi, but it didn't. So anyway, so I don't think we're going to have the scriptures on the. On the screen this morning, so bear with me this morning. So hopefully you have your Bibles if you're watching online. But in Philemon chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, makes this greeting. He makes this greeting in most of his letters. He says, grace and peace to you from our God and Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. And we're going to be looking at those two words interchangeably. Uh, because Paul, Peter, tied these two together uh, quite often. But uh, my, my, my first point I just wanted to make here off, off the top is that grace and peace, and we're talking about peace, comes from God. It doesn't come from our circumstances. It doesn't come from something that we can just, uh, in our mind, the source of a peace comes from God. It's His peace. It's the fruit of His Spirit. That makes sense? We, we need to know what the source is. We're not the source. And our circumstances, our, our jobs, our health, uh, things in our world are not the source of our peace. They're not the source of our, uh, how our emotions are going to react. God's our peace. And, and then we're going to look at these two words, grace and peace, interchangeably. But hopefully by now you're in 2 Peter chapter 1. Let me catch up with you. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. And we'll, 
This will be one of the main scriptures that we're going to be using throughout this series. And it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these, these promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Now there's a lot here, I'm not going to unpack all of this right now. But going back to verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and, our, and of Jesus Christ our Lord, or of Jesus our Lord. I mean, not only do we want grace and peace, not only do we want to be established in grace and be established in peace, but Peter takes it a step forward that grace and peace can be multiplied to us. Not only does grace and peace come from God, but grace and peace can be multiplied to us in the knowledge of Him. So if grace and peace are going to be multiplied to us in the knowledge of Him, then it behooves us to have the knowledge of Him. We need to grow in our knowledge of God. He's a source of our grace and peace, and that's how grace and peace is multiplied to us. It also goes on to say in verse 3, as His divine power has given, that's past tense, to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Peter goes on to say here in verse 3 that everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything that pertains to life, I mean, what, what pertains to your life? Everything, not just your job, your health, your, your relationship, everything that pertains to life and godliness or holiness, right living, godly living, everything that pertains to life and godliness comes from the knowledge of Him. So the cornerstone... The foundation of grace and peace being multiplied to us is in the knowledge of God. Let me say it backwards. You cannot experience grace and peace if you don't have the knowledge of God. You can have a natural sense of peace, but not a peace that comes from, a God, from above. Not God's peace. Not God's abiding, everlasting covenant of peace. We're going to be talking in this series about how we have a covenant of peace. We're going to be talking how, how Christ has bequeathed his peace to us. Just like a, a rich man might bequeath his estate to a family member or so, someone. God, Christ has be, bequeathed his own peace to us. We're going to be talking, but we're, before we even get into some of this, and I don't even know if we'll get, how far we'll get today, but I'm going to, I want to spend some time here on grace and peace will be multiplied to us in the knowledge of Him. So if grace and peace are going to be multiplied to us in the knowledge of Him, then we need to understand and have the knowledge of Him. We need to put our focus on Him. I know this about my own life. When, when in, in moments, maybe not because of the coronavirus or different things, but other things in life, we've all experienced anxiety and fear and worry to certain degrees. and Certain things uh, push our buttons more than others and whatnot. And we've all experienced it, but whatever the case may be, uh, you know, uh, whatever we got our health, our, fam our, our families, sometimes we worry about our families, sometimes we 
worried about making ends meet, some, or paying a bill, or, or some other crisis that comes on. on, on. But uh, I just know that when I am not focused on God, in the knowledge of Him, my emotions can take over and control how I'm going to think about it, how I'm going to uh, handle the situation, and I can be totally out of peace. That can also, no matter what's going on, all hell can be breaking loose. Everything can fall apart. But if I'm focused on God, and I'm focused on Him, I can have this abiding peace, and that comes from God. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's not because of the circumstances, it's because of my trust and my focus is on Him. I need to know Him. And you can, and if you notice in all these passages that we're talking about, especially Philemon that I read earlier, and here in, in, second, in second Peter, that it says grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace is listed first. I'm not trying to be so technical here, but at the same point in time, grace is listed first. And so, I don't believe you can have or experience God's peace in its fullness without first being established in His grace. Without first being established in what He's done for us at the cross. And being established in who He is and what He's done for us. And we need to be established in the knowledge of Him. And it's not just a one-time thing when we heard the gospel, believe the gospel, and become born again. But we need to be, we need to grow in grace in the knowledge of Him. We're going to get into some other scriptures. That makes sense. We're going to grow in this relationship with God. The moment you stop growing, in a sense, you start dying. We are growing. We are growing in the knowledge of Him. We. I used to teach years ago, but the best thing that you can do to get in trouble spiritually is to do nothing. You stop doing anything. You stop being focused on Jesus. You stop meditating on His Word. You stop going to church. You stop having a diet of, God, of God's Word. You stop doing the mundane. You will dry up spiritually, and you're not going to find that peace at times that you need that peace to be manifested in your life. But if you have a good, healthy diet, if you are established in God, Establishing His grace, establishing who He is, establishing who you are in Him. No matter what you go through, if you build your house on the rock instead of the sand, when the storms of life come, like in the season we are experiencing globally, when or even individually in some in some many cases, when the storms of life come, when you are grounded in the knowledge of Him, established, you're going to experience the peace of God. <coughs> I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody, but I am not afraid of getting sick from this coronavirus. I have no fear whatsoever of the, the coronavirus. I have no fear whatsoever that God's not going to meet my needs. Uh, uh, I mean, since it's hot on the list, toilet paper, water, different things, I don't have a fear. Why? Because I know my God. I know who He is. I know He's a good, good Father. I know he's going to meet my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I know if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the things that I need will be added unto me. Amen. I know that God's my healer. I know he's my provider. I know he's my righteousness. So as I have a knowledge of him, grace and peace is multiplied in my life. And where does it start? It starts many times in the mind. My mind is, a, is, is beholding His grace, and it's in total peace. 
And we can, you know, I've also have had times in my life where I wasn't in peace and I had everything I needed. I had toilet paper and water. I had, and I was in good health. I had a good job. I had a good marriage. But something was going on in my life that I was out of peace. Because I focused on the storm, on the, focus on the battle, focus on something I shouldn't be focused on instead of him. That makes sense. And all I had to do to get out of that spirit, uh, spirit of fear and anxiety was get back into his presence, get back into his word, get back into focusing on him. And that peace began to uh, guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That makes sense. Okay, and so uh, this is again a lot of introdu just introduction. We're gonna we're gonna spend some time on a lot of what I just I'm trying to convey right now, but uh, grace and peace will multiply to us in in, a, in the knowledge of Him. When we are in communion with God, the knowledge that He imparts to us gives us peace. The knowledge, uh, uh, I believe it's in Hosea, which says, "My people perish because of the lack of knowledge." When we don't have a knowledge of God, when we're not focused on it, and I'm, we're going to get into this a little later in, my, in this series, but he gives us today our daily bread. It's a daily bread. But today's bread is not for tomorrow. Tomorrow's bread is not for today. I need his daily bread today. I need, I can't just go off my revelation of God's knowledge yet from yesterday, our last Sunday, our last time I was in the Word. I need a fresh knowledge of God today. I need, he's my daily bread. You know, in, 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 the, in the wilderness, when the, you know, God met their needs for 40 years. Their clothes did not wear out. They had manna, quail, water from a rock. All their needs were met. They had a, a GPS cooling and heating system by day and by night. <coughs> I mean, God even kept the night up, light on for them at night. You know, that, 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 the pillar of fire. But God met their needs. And that's how God, I know God can meet my needs today. We are in a butter covenant. For 40 years, he met their needs. They had food. They had water. You know, they had whatever they needed. My God shall supply my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I know my God. And so, therefore, I can grow in peace. I can grow in His grace. And He can give me everything that pertains to life and godliness in the knowledge of Him. But even in the wilderness, when He met their needs, the manna, it was very unique. No, no other generation ever experienced manna like they did. In a natural way. I'm not talking about, we have a spiritual manna. We have the Word of God. He is our manna. He is the bread of life. So we, get, we can partake in the same way in a spiritual sense. But when they got manna, it wasn't good for the next day. Only on the Sabbath was it good for two days in a row. And on the Sabbath, when they went out to go look for manna, it wasn't there because they, they weren't supposed to gather on the Sabbath. It was, there were some principles there that God was teaching them. That their principles that were in allegory for us to receive today in the new and better covenant. But, but it, I love that analogy. I love that illustration that God did with the children of Israel in the wilderness with manna. Because we can't just be in the word yesterday and be okay for all week long. We need to grow in the knowledge of him every day. And I know the times when my worry, anxiety, and spirit of fear tries to creep in. And sometimes it creeps in the moment like... Where did that come from? 
Why am I wrestling with this? I know better. But in the moment, I don't know better because I'm not focused on him. I'm going off yesterday's matter. And I'm not focused. I need a fresh word. You know, I talk about growing in the knowledge of him. But a lot of us, especially in our world today, especially what's going on in our world today, are feeding on the knowledge of the news. Are feeding on the knowledge of the world. Are feeding on the spirit of fear. And they wonder why <coughs> they will spend hours and days on end on Facebook, social media, the news, and other, other medias. And do they spend as much time in the Word? Do they spend as much time spending in communion with God? Whatever is your diet is whatever you're feeding your heart, mind, will, and emotions. And your body will follow. It, I'm not saying we can't be anti-news and different things. Of course, most of it's not news. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to get all political about all this right now. I'm just going to make some generalizations as we go forward. But what, what are you feeding on? What are you growing in the knowledge of? Because God is my source for grace and peace. God is my source for everything that pertains to life and godliness. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Is that making sense? Am I making sense? Because we can take this, we're talking about growing in the knowledge of Him, but there's other people who are growing in another kind of knowledge that is not is the knowledge of this world. I don't want to grow in that knowledge. I don't want that to be part of my diet. I, I'm not saying I want to be so God, spiritually minded, I don't, I'm, not, I'm no earthly good. But I, I can just get the headlines. I mean, if, unless you're on a different planet, you know about the coronavirus. You know enough. There's a, you know different things. I'm not saying we, we don't, are totally out of touch with the world. <coughs> but we don't watch the news in this house. We don't watch TV. We don't have a newspaper. I mean, you just scroll through Facebook uh, for... Uh, just a couple minutes, you know the, the headlines, what's going on in the world. And I, I even a lot of that I don't want to read. I'm not trying to make a big point about that. My point is, I want the Word of God in my relationship with Him. Not religiously, but I want to, but at the same point in time, I want a discipline. I want a regularness. I want a steadfastness in my knowledge of Him. And you're not going to have a knowledge of Him unless you are in the Word of God. Unless you are in fellowship with the church. And I understand because the church closings and different things, it might be a little different right now in some ways. But there's still, with the technology we have today, there is no way that we cannot be in the Word of God. It's on most of our phones, it's on most of our gadgets. I mean, our phones are not just phones anymore. <laughs> they are a whole entertainment system <laughs> that we take with us and everything. And so there's ways to get in the Word. There's, and if you can't, and you need fellowship, and I understand we want to physically touch and hug one another. We need that. But we can get on the phone and talk to somebody. We can get on the text somebody. We can reach out to one another. And uh, we can we can still do all the things we did, and maybe in a different way. But I would rather do that than spend my time listening to the, the, the knowledge of the world. And the worry and feeding fear instead of feeding my faith. Am I making sense? I'm, I'm just making some, uh, uh, I'm trying to speak towards this corona thing, but I'm also just trying to speak, just take the corona virus aside. We need to grow in the knowledge of him. Throw that away. Just, just put that aside for a moment and just focus on 
who we are in Christ, and we need to have a regular diet of God's Word. Amen? We just need to have a regular diet. We need to have a relationship. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. <coughs> and I can't grow my relationship with my wife if I don't spend time with her. We have to have spend time. We, we do life together, but then we have special days, special times when we spend time with each other. We spend time every day catching up on each other and whatnot. Even throughout the day. That makes sense. You don't have a relationship if there's no relationship. But we have to, uh, but anyways, we have to grow. I spent a lot of time on that, but I'm just trying to get, hopefully get my heartbeat on some of this as we go forward. I'm, I'm, I have material, I have verses we're going to go through, but I also know my heart as I've been studying this. That this has been so so loud in my heart that we need to grow in the knowledge of Him. We're talking about peace. But the source of our peace is God. And you can't experience peace if you... Um, we spend a lot of time in this church talking about the foundation. If the foundation is good, no matter what happens, we can build on it. We can restructure. If we build on the rock, it's going to be fine. We might have some cosmetic damage along the way, but we're going to be okay. We're going to deal with that. We can, we can, handle, we can handle the punches. We can handle the, the storms. But... But if we build it on the sand, on the, on the sandy soil, the destruction will be great. It will be catastrophic. And, uh, and so we, that, that, that we can't handle so much. Uh, but even if that has happened, maybe that had, maybe you found yourself, you're listening, and you are not in peace. You are hysterical. You are out of control. God can restore. God can bring you to that place of peace. In the knowledge of Him. You can't find it anywhere else but in Him. And that is your source. And that's where you need to grow. That's where you need to put your energy and your focus, no matter what is going on in this world, no matter what you can and cannot do, uh, you grow in the knowledge of Him. If we don't take advantage of God's knowledge, which comes primarily through His Word, then His grace uh, his, and His peace won't manifest in our lives. The way that it's designed to. Does that make sense? We need to take advantage of this. Turn with me real quick to Matthew 6.33. We're going to spend more time here a little bit later in our study. But I just want to... This is, when I was a child growing up, this was my favorite verse. In my very first message, I remember speaking in my high school chapel. I, I wanted to speak to the whole chapel, but they only gave me five minutes. And uh, I just got five minutes to go up there, and I, I read this verse. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We'll spend a little more time on the context of this a little bit later in our study. But seek first the kingdom of God. To me, this goes right back into uh, growing his grace, growing the knowledge of him. Seek first and foremost his kingdom, and we'll spend some time on what that is. And his righteousness. And we spend, we just talked and we just finished a series about being established in righteousness. So we, you can go onto our website and we have ten sessions or nine, nine sessions on uh, uh, being established in righteousness. That's the foundation of the strong. That's the elementary, the foundation teachings. All scriptures proper for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We need to seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Um, 
as we pursue, and I will spend some time on this, but let me just read some notes I have in my notes. It says, as we pursue a greater wisdom and deeper revelation of the knowledge of God, of Him, of His kingdom, of His righteousness, of God, grace and peace will be multiplied in our lives and all things that pertain to life and godliness. Um, go with me real quick to Romans chapter 11. We'll come back to Matthew a little bit later. Okay, I don't know if we'll get there today, but we'll come back some, some more time, especially about the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God has a lot to do about peace. Let me just give you a teaser. It says in Romans 14, verse 7, I think it is, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy is the kingdom of God. That's what Paul taught in Romans chapter 14. So when we're talking about being established in peace, when we seek first the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy, we are pursuing peace. We are seeking first his peace. We're also, I'm not, my next series I'm going to do after this one, we're going to be talking about the spirit of joy. Especially, you know, it is joy. Joy is just a powerful thing. I don't want to get sidetracked right now on this, but, uh, you know, it's, Easy, and we'll talk about Thanksgiving too a little bit later in our study. But Thanksgiving is a very powerful way to get back into peace. It's a very powerful tool to get back into peace. The opposite of Thanksgiving is murmuring and complaining. And a lot of times, when we, for a lot of us, when we go to God in prayer, we're murmuring and complaining. We're just complaining about the situation instead of uh, being thankful. Uh, and when we're being thankful in our prayers, I'm not saying we can't make our petitions and supplications unto God. We'll get to that. We'll spend some time in Philippians chapter 4. But it says, with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. Thanksgiving changes the attitude. It changes it from being murmuring, complaining to actually faith. Thank you, Lord, that you are, that by your stripes I am healed. Thank you, Lord, that if you said, if I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, all of these things will be added to me. Thank you that grace and peace are being multiplied to you, me as I, as I in the knowledge of you. See, there's a different attitude versus begging God, demanding God, and whatnot. We, it's a, from an attitude of joy and thanksgiving. God did not give us a, he gave us a spirit of, uh, a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. He gave us the spirit of joy. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, hopefully you hear, you're here in Romans chapter 11, verse 6. It says, And if by grace it is no longer works, otherwise grace is no longer grace. But it is a works, if it works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise work is no longer work. Uh, I think this was actually a side verse of mine. I, don't, I think I misread the verse, but we'll, we'll go here. Uh, you know, remember I just said a minute ago that it says grace and peace be multiplied to you. And it says, talk about grace first. And grace is not something that you, well, going by the verse that we just read in Romans 11, 6, grace is not like something that we do. Grace is not, in other words, we can't merit grace. We can't earn grace. We can't perform well enough to receive this grace. Otherwise, it's not grace. Grace is a free gift. Grace, by definition, is unmerited favor. But how do we grow in grace? We grow in grace by growing in the knowledge of what he's done for us. He's done the work. By grace, he went to the cross. 
And we, we grow in that. We, we, versus so many times we're focused on what we need to do instead of what he's already done. And we grow in the knowledge of his grace. We're not growing. So many times we're, we're reading the word of God to find out what we need to do. I'm not saying there's not some participation of what we need to do. We'll get to some of that. But at the same point in time, I'm more focused on what he's already done. And I'm growing in the knowledge of that, and I'm receiving that. So my, as I just talked about a moment ago, with Thanksgiving, I can receive what God's already given me. That makes sense. There's a part to play now. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll get into there's something that we can do. But we're not the source of our grace. We're not the source of our peace. We're not the source of this. But we grow in it. It's multiplied to us as we have a knowledge of Him. If that makes sense. And so it's a, it, it's, it says here in verse 6, but if it is of work, it is no longer grace, otherwise work is no longer work. It's, it's not based on something I do. I'm not growing and finding out what I need to do. I'm growing in what he's already done. And because um, he has already given me everything that pertains to life and godliness and the knowledge of him. Uh, going back real quick, go back with me real quick to Second Peter. Verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, verse 4, by which have been given, see that, hear that past tense over and over again? Having given us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these promises you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption as in this world. There's a lot here in verse 4, and I didn't really want to go here yet, but I went on a side trail, so I'm, I'm going to go with it. It just says, you know, this, this, first of all, the last part says, escape the corruption as in the world. How many know there's a lot of corruption in the world? Especially right now with all this panic and everything going on. That's, to me, that's corruption. That is not God. That's not the spirit of God. That's not the nature of God. Uh, and so, but we are to be particulars of his nature. Not the corruption in this world. Through lust. I mean, lust. lust we all think we think of lust in an immoral sense. And that can apply. But people are lusting for toilet paper. <laughs> people are lusting for water. People are lusting for cleaning supplies and other type of, uh, of, of items. They're hoarding things. That's lust. That's selfishness. That's greed. That's anxiety. That's uh, my, 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 me, and my, us for no more. It's, 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 it's a, and a lot of this panic is because of lust. People are lusting because they're not trusting God. They're trusting themselves. They're trusting what they can do for themselves. And, uh, and so, uh, and, but we, it, God says, He's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, that through these precious promises we might be partakers of His divine nature. We can't, these promises are supposed to enable us to be partakers of this, His divine nature, so that we can escape the corruption of this world. But we can't do that if we don't have the knowledge of it. We can't do that if we don't even know what the promises are and how the promises work. Jesus said, in, uh, God, Paul said in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, that, uh, no, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says that all the promises of God are yes and amen 
to the glory of God by us. We have a part to play in, 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 in being partakers of his divine nature. But he's a source. They're already, yes, they're already a man. <coughs> but if we're, if we're seeking the knowledge of God to, I'm trying to tie this into what I just read from Romans chapter 11, verse 6. Grace is not what we do. Grace is what he's done. There are promise of what, God's made a promise to us based on what he's done. And we are partakers of that promise as we, we all, and all those promises are yes, and they are amen to the glory of God by us. God's not glorified when his promises are not being uh, activated or manifested in our lives. God is glorified when all his promises that are yes and amen are being performed by us to the glory of God. God is glorified when we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God is glorified when we act in the fruit of the Spirit and showing kindness and goodness and peace and love and joy towards one another. God is glorified when we trust Him as to meet our needs, even supernaturally. You know, when we were uh, ministering in Costa Rica, and I, uh, I don't know how I'll chop the story up, but we went through one of the uh, trips we went to this uh, little... I'll call it a little village, but a little community. And there was this one gentleman in particular, I forget his name. But uh, he talked about how he loved to make a big pot of soup or stew or whatnot for the community. And this wasn't a rich man himself, but he wanted to. A lot, so many times he, he, he shared how he would make this big pot of water. And it's almost like the story of stone soup. And as he would pray, and as he would begin to prepare the soup, vegetables began to grow, or, or began to just appear in the soup. God began to supply the need supernaturally. His heart was in the right spot. He wanted to feed the people. He was doing his part and getting the pot ready, putting the water in there, and anything else he might have already had to put in the soup. And sometimes he did not ordinarily have anything. But he began to prepare the soup, and as he did it, God, by his grace, began to uh, create vegetables in the soup, potatoes and carrots and whatnot, and began to, he began to feed the people. This man had a part to play, that being partakers of his divine nature, we have a part to play at times to, to demonstrate his grace, to demonstrate his peace and his righteousness and his glory. God's the source. This man wasn't the source. He didn't have any natural thing. We have so many stories of, of Jesus feeding the multitudes with a few loaves and fishes. We have Jesus uh, multiplying. Uh, you know, every time Peter had a fish story, he didn't catch anything on his own. He caught one fish and he had a coin in his mouth, so I give him credit for that. But, but when Jesus came up, he, he got the biggest payday he ever had. Fishing was his vocation. Fishing was his job. And to have a bad fishing day means no money on the table. No food on the table. But to have a good fishing day, it's good. But when Jesus came up, he had a good fishing day. I mean, he had so many fish that the, boat began, the nets began to break and the boats began to sink. I already talked about how Israel got met their needs for 40, 40 years. I mean, can you imagine wearing the same clothes for 40 years and then not wearing out? I mean, some of us would just get tired of wearing the same clothes every day for 40 years. 
let alone forget to wear it out. But, you know, it's just uh, water from a rock. Elijah going to a place called there, and the ravens coming to feed him. The woman with the, who had a debt, who the prophet Elijah told her to collect all the pots that she could, all the vessels that she could, and she gave him to pour the little oil she had and begin to multiply that she could pay off the debts. We have so many stories of God's provision, supernatural provision. He's our source. And we can be partakers of His divine nature, of His divine economy, of His divine health. That's all part of His nature. As we grow in the knowledge of Him. And I don't know about you, but the same, God is, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I don't care what happens in this world, what our government decides to do, and I, love, I, I thank God for our government. Paul told us that we need to pray for our governors. We need to pray for our president. We need to pray for our leaders. <clears throat> but we are also able ministers of His new covenant. We are also ministers where we can minister not just to our needs and the needs of our family, to minister the needs of our neighbors and the people that we in our lives. But we can minister all of his promises, all of his goodness, all of his divine nature in the knowledge of him. Amen? We're above and not beneath. We're, we're, we, we are blessed going in and we're blessed coming out. I think I said that backwards, but anyway, uh, you got my analogy. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're different than the world. But we need the knowledge of God so that we can operate in good works, not works to try to get God to do something, but in good works because God is doing something. God's grace is alive. His peace is alive. <clears throat> I have this in my notes. We cannot earn God's grace, but the more we learn of His beauty, we position ourselves to we position ourselves to receive a multiplication of his grace and peace in our lives. I want to read that again. We cannot earn God's grace, but the more we learn of his beauty, that's the knowledge of him, we position ourselves to receive a multiplication of his grace and peace in our lives. All the promises of God flowing in our lives. As we learn of His beauty, the peace of God that presides over our hearts from fear, worry, stress, anxiety will be multiplied in all things that pertain to life and godliness. How I many of you know that stress, worry, sometimes want to multiply in our minds when we're focused on the wrong information? When we're growing in the wrong information. Have you ever had some fear just get worse and worse and worse because you're focused on the wrong thing? Because you're, you're, you're feeding it with the wrong knowledge. But as we feed on God's beauty, His goodness, His grace, His knowledge, His nature, we position ourselves to receive a multiplication of His grace and peace, peace. And His peace that surpasses all understanding begins to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And his peace presides over the spirit of fear, worry, stress, anxiety, and everything that pertains to life and godliness. Go with me real quick to 2 Peter. 
Yeah, check Peter already. Go to Peter chapter 3, verse 18. I think that's the end, towards the end of the book. Actually, it's the last verse in 2 Peter chapter 3. But in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forevermore. Amen. Peter began, we, we started at the beginning of this second letter to, that Peter wrote. But he ends it with this, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Go with me real quick to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. A little different twist on it, but I'm still getting the same vibe from this. For the grace of our God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And I'll skip down to verse 12. It says, Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. I'm not going to go into all of this right here, but I'm just really just trying to make a simple point here is that we, the grace of God, this grace that we're to grow in, this grace and knowledge that we're supposed to grow in, has appeared to all men. It's available to everybody. Not everyone's looking at it. Not everyone uh, has been trained by it. But God is not hiding himself. Uh, Solomon even says that wisdom is crying out in the streets. God is not hiding from man. Man is in many ways hiding from God. But for the grace of God that brings salvation. And that's the word salvation, the word soteria, we can study that out. It's also tied into peace. The, the, the grace of God that brings salvation, that brings wholeness, peace, soundness, has appeared to all men, teaching us that tonight in Godness and worldly thus we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Maybe not all of those words in verse 12 uh, 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 pertain to you, but His grace will teach us. His grace is a teacher. When we grow His grace, when we, when we grow in the knowledge of His grace and His peace, it will teach us. And it will teach us to not only deny ungodliness, but it will also teach us to deny worldly lust. We don't need the lust over the things the world lusts at. Because God's our provider. God's our source. We, we should live soberly. Some people right now, because of all the, the things going on in the world, they're not living soberly minded. They're, there's panic. There's anxiety. There's stress. We need to live soberly. Amen? Soberly minded. I'm not just. I'm not talking about alcohol right now. I'm talking about. I mean, you know, we can get intoxicated by the cares of this world. How I many of you know stress, worry, anxiety can intoxicate your mind and your heart and your emotions? But how do? We, but His grace, His knowledge, teaches us to live in sobriety. Peace is uh, uh, the lack of peace is not being sober. Some of us need a good dose of sobriety from the cares of this world. Jesus said, many hearts will wax cold in fear because of the things coming on the earth. But we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to grow in our grace and knowledge of Him. Living righteously and godly in this present age. There's an age to come where we will be with Him for all eternity. 
But in this age, the church age, the church age has not closed. You know, people have asked me so many times during the season, is the church closed? I go, no. The church is the body of Christ. And Christ is not closed. There's nothing in this world that can close Christ. We're the body of Christ. The church is not the building. The church is not the organization. The church is the people. The people is the body of Christ. We are the church. And we are the church without the walls. Yes, we have a place where we congregate, assemble. There's a place where we come and admonish one another, encourage one another. We can do some of that without the walls, without the location. We have a time, a place where we fellowship and we gather. <coughs> and there are innovative ways that we are restricted by some of that. Well, but there are still ways we can still fellowship. It might not be exactly the same. But the church is not the organization. The church is the, the, it's the people. You know, back in the, I forget what year this was, before I, I met Sherry, so Father, I was saying back in the 90s, late 90s, uh, when you pastor of a church in San Nemus, and we had a church fire. It was very severe, and uh, uh, we were, all the news stations came out. And I remember, I think I was actually on Channel 9. Someone asked me the other day, was I ever on TV? Yeah, I was on Channel 9 News. I had to call my boss the next day to tell her I, uh, I can't go to work because I had to deal with the, the aftermath of some of what was going on. And she said, Dave, you got the best excuse ever. I saw you on Channel 9 News about a fire, so I already know uh, you're not making this up, you know. And, uh, but I remember Channel 9 News asked me, how's the church doing? I thought the church is doing great. The building doesn't look so good, but the church is doing awesome. And we actually had church outside for the next few weeks. And at least it was during the summertime and whatnot. But the church is doing great. And actually, we tried to, to witness and evangelize our community so many times before that. And we got closed doors, closed doors. And now they were coming to us because they felt sorry for us. We were doing great, but we got to minister to them as they came and reached out to us. We even had the fire, we even had the fire department come and join some of our services uh, outdoors and whatnot. God opened, I mean, God didn't start the fire. Of course, I always, I was, I always uh, joke, tease about afterwards by uh, sharing other people because I always used to pray, Lord, start a fire, bring a, set our church on fire. Now, I was speaking spiritually, but everyone took it physically or naturally. And they told me not to pray that prayer anymore because uh, we actually had a little fire. But, uh, you know, it, a big revival began to take place because of it. I mean, I'm not saying God started the fire, but God can bring all things, uh, cause all things that happen can't even quote the verse right now. Uh, make everything happen for good for those who love God and call according to His purpose. God can God can take the mess we're in and use it. I'm not saying God caused the mess. God did not create this coronavirus. God is not causing this panic. But despite, but one thing I am seeing, even though God didn't start this, I am seeing families come together. I am seeing families spend time with each other. We see families walking, spending time in, in our neighborhood and different things, we are seeing some good. We are seeing some good. I'm not saying God, and all this stuff is not good in its origin, in its origin, but those who love God and are called according to His purpose, God can bring things good out of a disaster. Out of a, uh, you know, uh, people are spending more time in the Word, and uh, some people are, is, uh, and with families, and I think that's a good thing. There's some things that we've come, we come back to the basics of. And that's a good thing. And praise God for that. 
Um, I got off track here. Go with me to John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 16. Again, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm speaking right now, I'm still speaking towards this grace. When we're talking about peace, we're talking about grace and peace, but grace is mentioned first. And we're growing in grace and the knowledge of Him. We're growing, and uh, we're letting grace and peace be multiplied. You know, until you have grace established in your heart, you're not going to experience peace. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But if you are not establishing God's grace, you will not be established in his peace. But John, the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 1, verse 16 says, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. We have received his grace. I'm talking about growing in the knowledge of him. I'm talking about growing grace in the knowledge of him. We don't, we're not working, we're not performing to get his grace. But now that we have his grace, we're going to grow in that grace. You know, when you have a seed and you water it, Sherry on the, on the uh, windowsill has a, a four or five little jars of an avocado seed that she's uh, sprouted or, or had some kind of sprout and whatnot and been and sitting in water. But she didn't create the seed. She's harvesting, she's farming those in the right way so they sprout so we can hopefully plant those and maybe get some avocado trees and in time get some avocados. And guacamole and all that other good stuff. But she's not the source of the seed. But she is doing things, farming them in such a way, gardening them in such a way, so that they grow. We are born again of God because of God's grace. We put faith in His grace and we're born again. But we grow, we allow that seed to grow as we get the knowledge of Him, as we see how this grace works. Not just to become saved, but now that we are saved, how do we grow in this grace? How does this grace work in our lives to bring peace and other things? We're talking about there's so many things we can talk about, but we're talking about peace. We're talking about being established in peace. But you can't be established in peace if you're not first established in His grace. If you're trying to perform to get God to accept you and forgive you, you're not going to have peace. You can't perform well enough. You can't do it well enough. You can't be good enough. But you are good enough because of Jesus. As you're established in that, and until you are established in that, you're never going to experience true peace. And if we don't get the foundation laid. We're talking about peace also in regards to our, 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 the global environment that we're in right now with this coronavirus and other things that are coming down the earth in our world. But... Before we can even talk about those things, we need to make sure we have the foundation of, 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 of grace. We need to be establishing this grace. We can't, you can't put the windows in this house until you first get the foundation. You can't put the chimney up. You can't put the roof on. You can't put the plumbing in until you get the foundation laid. We can talk about other things about this house and how to renovate this house and do different things in this house, but we have to get the foundation first. And once we get the foundation, now we can talk about other things. But And we can talk about peace in the midst of the storm, but we need to first talk about Jesus. Because Jesus' grace has appeared to all men. And of His fullness, we have received grace for grace. 
We don't, we're not talking about what we need to get. We talk about what we already have in Jesus. That makes sense. So as we're talking about being established in peace, we're talking about being established in Jesus. Is that making sense? God's good. Let me just see if I have something in my notes here. Let me just read this real quick. The Lord has already given us the grace and peace, but we can grow in our knowledge of Him. All things that pertain to life and Godliness are given to us into the knowledge of Him, which I've been saying all the way along. We increase in our knowledge as we seek His Word, as we seek first His kingdom, which we're going to spend more time on now, and His righteousness. And as we hear His Word and meditate on it, we allow the Holy Spirit to saturate our hearts and our minds in Christ and His grace. And as we allow, as we read His Word, hear His Word, and we can hear His Word by being in the Word ourselves, by meditating on His Word and our relationship with God, or hearing a message, or teaching, or there's a lot of different ways we can hear God's Word. <clears throat> but as we hear God's Word, we can we allow, we can then let the Holy Spirit meditate. We, as we meditate on it, we can let the Holy Spirit begin to saturate our heart and our mind in the knowledge of God. And that whole process of doing that, grace and peace are being multiplied to us. Peace, that grace is growing in the knowledge of Him. And that seed, His Word, is beginning to grow. And as it grows, it grows it's beginning to multiply. The, the secret is, our part to play is get the, in the Word. Our part to play is hear the Word. Our part to play is growing in the knowledge of Him. He's the seed. He's the, his water is the water that waters it by the Word. He, he, he's the source. He's the avenue. He's the strength. He's the grace. He's the peace. But our part to play is cultivating, farming, and, and creating the atmosphere for the seed to grow. That makes sense. We are participating, but we're not the source. That makes sense. We have everything in the knowledge of Him. Okay. Well, we started a little earlier today. So I'm going to wrap it up pretty soon here um, for the day, and then we'll pick it up next week. But let me, i got a little bit more time left, so let's uh, come with me to Romans chapter 5. Is this making sense so far? A lot of what I'm talking about is really kind of introduction of what I really want to get to. But my introductions are always longer than my main point. Because the foundation is there. Yep. You ever, you ever see them building the building? They will spend more time on that foundation. They will sometimes spend weeks, months on that foundation. But once they begin to put the walls up and have an it, it goes pretty fast. It goes pretty fast. But the foundation takes a long time. The foundation is crucial. Everything is, is, is built on that foundation. So I will spend more time, a lot of time, on the foundation. But I'm, we're talking about being established in peace. But you can't be established in peace without growing in Him. Without being established in His grace. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Having been justified, that we're justified, we just talk, we just finished this teaching series on the righteousness of God. Righteousness and justification is the exact same Greek word. It means the exact same, same, same thing. 
In other words, I can read this verse, therefore having been declared righteous, or having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Because we have been justified, because we are righteous, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteous of God. Because we are righteous in him, because we are justified, we have peace with God. And one of the main ingredients here, though, is that therefore having been justified by faith. By faith. Faith, trust, reliance on God is the opposite of fear. That makes sense. Faith is the opposite of fear. Fear is the opposite of peace. We're talking about faith. I mean peace, excuse me. But we can't separate faith and peace. Any more you can separate uh, grace and peace. But the opposite of, of, of peace is fear. And the opposite of fear is, is faith. Be, because we have been justified by faith, we have, past tense, faith. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Therefore, having been justified, we have. That phrase, we have, is past tense. We already have it. We're not trying to get it. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. That's the grace. We have peace with God because of Jesus, His grace. Because of His fullness. Because of His peace. We have peace with God. But if you read the context, actually let me read some notes here and I'll read some context here. The word therefore means for the reason, or consequently, because the, the word therefore, the, the, the chapter, the verse starts with the word there, therefore, having been justified. In context, Paul had just proven through the life of Abraham the justification by faith. He then made this statement, and scroll back with me real quick to verse 23 and 24, or chapter 4. Don't let the, cha the chapter... Uh, separators confuse you. This is all one letter. But in Romans 4, 23, 24, Paul had just said, now it was not written for his sake alone, he's talking about Abraham, that it was imputed to him, but also for us, it shall be imputed to us who believe on him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. I probably started too late. I probably should have gone Put it back up. Uh, but, uh, but in the context, Paul, in Romans chapter 4, and I'm trying to, hopefully I'm not confusing you. But in Romans chapter 4, Paul had just spent a lot of time talking about how Abraham, because he believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness, or justification. But then he makes a statement, it wasn't just written for his account, that Abraham was justified before God, but it was written for our account. Now if we too believe God, it will be accounted to us for righteousness. In other words, Paul's teaching that the justification by faith, righteousness by faith. In verse five, chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Because this is true. We, you know, we are saved by His grace, yes. But it's not just by His grace alone, because grace is not alone. We put faith in His grace. By, we, uh, we are just, um, by grace you are saved through faith. God has provided it. 
But when we trust it, when we believe it by faith, we are declared righteous. That makes sense. Faith is the key. Faith is the key that appropriates the grace that he's already provided. He's already provided grace and peace. But we grow in the knowledge of him. When we, it's not just growing in knowledge, intellectual. But when we tr know it and we believe it. When we trust him. I don't just know that God's going to meet my needs. I believe he's going to meet my needs. That makes sense? But I, where does faith come from? Here in the word of God. I can't even get faith. I can't even believe God until I first hear God. Is that making sense? I need to hear God. I need to that's knowledge. And I need to believe what I'm hearing. I, I don't only believe that God is my provider, and as far as the knowledge, but I need to believe it. I need to trust it. I need to rely on it. And I do. I know that God's going to meet my needs. I know that by his stripes I am healed. I know I'm not going to get the coronavirus. I know my family's going to be okay. I know this. I don't just know it. I believe it. That makes sense. And so, because I, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And I am total peace. And there's no panic in this house. There's no worry in this house. There's no stress in this house over the things going on in our world right now and this, and with this current situation and other things. Because I know God. I know my God. I have a relationship with Him and I trust Him. I believe it. And there's peace. And the more I know it, the more I study it, the more I know it, the more I grow in it, the more it's multiplied in my life. It just grows. It gets stronger. I mean, I never thought it could get even stronger, but it gets stronger every day. The more I grow in my knowledge of Him, the more it grows. But I also know this. The moment I stop growing, the moment I stop learning, the moment I stop listening, the moment I stop hearing His Word, and I start listening to other things, the cares of this world, the news, sometimes even other people, even sometimes even other friends and family members who may, <coughs> they mean well, they mean it out of love, but there's worry, there's stress. And I'm not attacking them. I'm attacking fear. Attacking the spirit of fear. But they grow and they're feeding. They're, they're saturated. They're, they're, their diet is the, 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 the bread of sorrows. The bread of this world. Not the bread of life. And I want the bread of God. Not the bread of sorrows. Not the bread, not the bread of the cares of this world. I want God to be my diet. But I, whichever one I'm feeding on. I'm either going to feed my fears or I'm going to feed my faith. And as I feed my faith, I am starving my fears and I'm growing in grace and peace. Is that making sense? He's the source. But I have a part to play of saying, I am not going to listen to certain information and I'm going to listen to some other information. Which wisdom am I going to listen to? Which source am I going to listen to? And I, I, I can grow in grace. But we can also take everything I'm saying and, and use other, other words and we can grow in fear. We can grow in anxiety and fear. We can grow by, on the information that's in this world. We can grow in fear like that. But we can grow in grace the same way. We can grow in faith the same way. 
we can grow in peace the same way when we feed on God's word and not the, the, the bread of sorrows. Is that making sense? See, I teach you not only, if I, my job as a pastor is not to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. My job is not just to give you a fish dinner, but to teach you how to fish. So I'm not just teaching you about peace. I'm teaching you how you can become established in peace by having a regular diet of God and His Word so that you can always receive peace, but you can grow in it every day. Because I can't be with you every day. And I'm not the source. I'm not the source of your peace. I'm not the source of your grace. If I was with you too long, I'd probably drive you crazy one time or another. But God's the source of your grace and peace. I'm not here to lead you to me. I'm here to lead you to God. I'm not here to lead you to who is the source. Because I can't be with you all the time, but he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. There's not a place on this earth, this planet, this universe, where you can go and God's not there. There is no, you know, we hear so many times there's a God-forsaken place. There's no God-forsaken place. God's not forsaken out of any place. His spirit has been poured about upon all flesh. You know, he says that in the book of Joel, all flesh. I realize not all flesh have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but his spirit has been poured out on all flesh. You know, one thing about hell, well, the, the worst thing about hell is not the fire and the torment, is that there's no God. And even in this world, even in the most darkest evil corner of this earth where they reject God, they have still never experienced life without God, totally. Because God's still in this world. They might not be embracing they might not know it, and, there, and there's, a, there's a sense of darkness, but it won't be as dark as it will be in hell without God itself. Because there's still God in this world. Even if they have to suppress it, even if they have to reject it, even if they have to uh, have nothing to do with it, God is still in this world. That makes sense? I'm not talking about hell today, but I, I just, that's a freebie. Again, from Romans 5, 1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I wrote down in my notes, you know, we... The, um, wait, I'm sorry, I just see where I want to pick up. Let me just read this again. In context, Paul had just proven through the life of Abraham that justification came by faith. He then made the statement that those, these truths about Abraham were written not for his sake alone, but so that we could also be justified by faith. And then he says, the very first benefit of yeah. being justified by faith is peace. There's a, there's a lot of benefits from being justified by faith. But one of the very first benefits that he mentions here in verse 1 of chapter 5 of Romans is that one of the first benefits of being justified by faith is peace. And peace can only come when we relate to God on the basis of faith. And what He did for us instead of what we do for Him. We don't relate to God by faith and based on what we do. We're not putting faith in us, what we do. We're putting faith in Him and what 
And with that, one of the benefits of that whole transaction, that whole relationship, is peace. Someone who is busy trying to impress God so they get peace is not a peace. You cannot experience peace if you are still wrestling, trying to get favor with God. Trying to get God to have, you know, those who are hysterically out of, out of fear, trying to get God to do something, are not at peace. They, they're trying to do the right religious thing, but they're not at peace. And my heart's not condemning them. My heart's broken for them. Because they don't know the way. They need to be still and know that He is God. It's hard. Our bodies, our, our fear is king. Our fear can sometimes be so loud. It's drowning us. It's it's like a pain that's so in We don't even know how to cure. We don't know how to get ease that pain. When you're in fear, you will do things you would not normally do. You will say things you won't normally do. And there's a panic and it's pain. It's a force of pain that God didn't come from God. It's a spirit of fear. And we need to be still and know that He is God. Those who think we have to perform to to some standard to be accepted, have no peace. You know, one of the greatest peace I have is when I finally got the revelation that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I grew up in a great Christian home. I grew up in some good churches. I grew up, uh, I even went to Bible school, the Booger Bible College, Life Bible College at the time. It's now called Life Pacific. And I'm not blaming on anyone or anything, but in my own mind, I thought I had to earn my righteousness. I don't know if that's how I was taught or just how I perceived what I was taught. I don't know which way it was. I'm not blaming anything. I'm just knowing I wrestled for years, even being in the ministry for a portion of time, trying and teaching people to get right with God so that God could be pleased with them. I was preaching the wrong message. So much that I took all my notes and threw them away. All my teaching tapes, all my concept tapes, all everything I taught, I threw it away because I was reaching the wrong message. I don't get peace with God because of what I do. I get peace with God because I start trusting and believing what He did. And I felt for the first time in 2009 like I was born again for the first time, even though I had been born again since I was a child. In first grade. I didn't doubt my salvation before, but I felt born again more than I ever did. Because I finally understood righteousness. I finally understood because the gospel reveals the righteous God. I finally understood the gospel. I understood and that because of that, I finally, for the first time in my life, had peace. I had peace with God. I was trying to get right with God all these years and I had some addictions and I couldn't get free. Because I couldn't get free, I felt worse. I felt bad that even before I had an addiction and the addiction made me feel even worse. I can get free. I was being told I had to get free. And I didn't know how to get free. And then I felt, and one of my insecurities was not being accepted by people. That was one of my triggers. And the more I struggled with my addiction, the more I felt people condemned me. And that just triggered my addiction all the more. Because that was my trigger. The addiction was just trying to, to give myself a sense of false peace from my pain. It was wrong, it was evil, but when I finally understood I was right with God because of what Jesus did, 
that as he is, so am I in this world. And Jesus is righteous, and Jesus is righteous, and he's not struggling with his addiction and pain and, and insecurity and different things, then why am I? And for the first time, I felt free. Not free to sin, but free from sin. And it was peace. And there's been peace ever since. Praise God. At times, temptations come. But as Kenneth Hagin says, you can't control you can't control a, a, a bird from flying over your head. But you can control that the bird is not going to plant a nest in your head. He's not going to land there. He's not going to he's not going to land there and plant a nest there. I can't control that. I can't control a thought coming. I can't control a temptation thought coming. But I can control whether I'm going to harvest that. Whether I'm going to plant that. Whether I'm going to own that. We're going to get into talking about that a little bit later. Um, trying to wrap it up for today. We'll be in the Colossians 2 6 and we'll wrap, wrap up. We'll leave it here. Toggle to the King James. We'll spend more time here. We'll pick up here next week. But Paul says, As ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, establishing the faith, as ye've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. There's a lot of things here. <clears throat> I'm not going to teach all that right now. I'm running out of time. <clears throat> but let me just say this the same way that we receive Christ is the exact same way we walk in Him. We don't walk in Him a different way than we receive Christ. We didn't perform well to receive Christ. We received Christ because He performed well and we received Him by faith. Does that make sense? The same way that we received Him by trusting His grace. It's the same way that we walk in Him. The same way we grow in Him. The same way we grow in grace and peace. Walking in Him is by trusting what He's done. And who He is. And who He's made us to be in Him. And this walking in Him means being... Uh, verse 6 ends with a colon. Verse 7. That means verse 7 is explaining what walking in Him looks like. It says being rooted and built up in Him. We're talking about being established in peace. It says be established in the faith. Again, faith is the opposite of fear. Fear is the opposite of peace. That makes sense. So peace and faith go hand in hand. That makes sense. You get my logic behind that. Fear is the opposite of peace. And faith is the opposite of fear. So we walk in him by being rooted and built up and established in the faith. And then we'll spend more time on this later. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a very powerful tool to get out of fear and back into faith. So we can be established walking in him. And when we're walking in faith, we're walking in peace. You show me someone who's walking and trusting God, they're walking in peace. You show me someone who's not trusting God, they're walking in fear. Anxiety, stress, 
we grow in the knowledge of Him. We grow in, in, in knowledge, and, and faith comes from the knowledge of Him. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And we grow in this because of the knowledge of God. And so, I know I said a lot of things. I know it went a little longer because worship was shorter and different things, and I'm wrapping it up. My main thing I'm trying to get at this section of our series, I don't know how many weeks this will go. I don't think it will be long like the last one. But spend your time, spend your energy, focus on Him, the knowledge of Him. And peace will grow, grace will grow, your faith will grow. That's the source. It's not trusting your pastor. It's not trusting your spouse. Or, and we tr- there's a certain level of trust. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about your number one source is trusting God. Weed out. Some of us need to weed out some of the things we're listening to. Because we're feeding our fears instead of feeding our faith. And we need to weed some things out. And we need to put more of our energy and focus and diet into knowing God. And hearing good stuff and knowing that he's our good, good father. We'll spend some time on that. Uh, I think next week we'll get into Matthew 6 some more. And say that he's a good father. He already knows the things that you need. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Which is in his kingdom, his righteous peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we just thank you. We worship you. <clears throat> Lord, I said a lot of different things. But Lord, my heart is... I believe it's your heart, is that we would grow in grace. We would grow in the knowledge of you. We would grow in faith. And by doing that, we will be established in your peace. Your peace that surpasses understanding, that will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone who's been infected so many different ways, not just by the virus itself, but by the aftermath, by all the restrictions, by jobs, those who are on furlough, those who uh, 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 for their jobs and different things, those who Lord, do have, can't get the basic needs that they have because of whatever reason they can't get out of the house or, or they, they don't have a way to even get their needs. But I thank you that you are an awesome God. And I thank you, Lord, that where it's needed, I thank you that you will miraculously bring meet everyone's needs. We thank you for peace. We rebuke panic and fear. We thank you for provision. We thank you that you are our God. And we thank you for wholeness and healing where it's needed. We thank you for provision where it's needed. We thank you for sanity where sanity is needed. We thank you for that. The sobriety. In Jesus' name we give you thanks. Amen and amen. God bless you. The local. We'll see you tonight at 6. If not, we'll see you next week.